0: Welcome to Tea, the Entrepreneurial Artist Podcast with me, Tanya Ingerson. This podcast is a chat that I had with Ali Wren from Kickstart. For listeners of this podcast, you would know that Ali and I come together around about once a month to talk all things business to do with the arts. This podcast is a two-part series. So this is part one of talking about the customer talking about the customer experience. This podcast, we talk about the customer experience before they actually become a customer. So sit back and relax and enjoy the conversation I had with Ali Uren from Kickstart about the customer experience before they become a customer. Ali, some of the things that we've talked about throughout our podcast chats is the customer Mm. And with creatives and artists and the entrepreneurial artists, it's really important to to have our craft, to have our work, have our product, have our business plans, all of those things that we've talked about, time respect that we, yep. we talk about a lot, mm. customer is a really important part, isn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, we're going to do two, we're going to do a series of two podcasts, and and they're going to be a little bit different because they're not going to talk about the middle of the customer experience. They're going to talk about the areas where I've seen the most gaps. So, the first being prior to someone engaging you or doing business with you. And at the end, once the transaction's completed, they've bought whatever it is that you're selling, bought your talent, what happens next? And most people um, that you'll find within business are actually focusing all on the during the experience with that client and nothing really engaging or exciting before and certainly nothing after so we're going to not talk about the middle you know when they're with you lock yourself out go for it I'm sure people have a good idea about what they're doing there but I'm more interested in how we can start to really respond to some of the gaps in that before and after of that engagement right so we know and I know that you hear it a lot but well, I'm going to say it again, you know, it is easier to build relationships with people that have already worked with you, right? Because if hopefully you hopefully haven't stuffed it up, there's a sense of, um, you know, uh, credibility and trust, all right? And But we, we don't tend to nurture that. So second part, we'll be going there and I will be giving a couple of different handouts and checklists and, and questions for people to really think about in their own time you know I'm a big believer that you know you can't innovate if you're not making time to self-reflect so I will provide those after each podcast so people can take a bit of a deeper dive and you know immerse themselves in it and be brave and ask some tough questions to get better outcomes really and that's what it's all about so I don't talk about um, customer service as such I'm going to talk about obviously the experience and I think you know, a lot of the, the artists and creatives that have done business at times would know about the unique selling proposition. Yeah, we talk about the USP. Well, we're going to talk today about the UEP and that's where we're tending to move towards and that's the unique emotional proposition and that's where we start to focus more so on how we make people feel. I love that. How yeah, it's really know? important. Yep, it's wow. incredibly important. It's about the emotional connection. So everything we do is, while it's deliberate, it's also true to who you are, but it's done with thought and intent, right? So it's about how are we actually going to make people feel? How do we want them to perceive us, right? So it's about that human connection. So the first question that I you know, really want to unpack today and have people think about as they're listening to this um, podcast is how do you want people to feel as a result of their interactions with you mm-hmm. and we never think about that we think about the sale we think about getting the money in the till getting the sale get the exhibition down a little we don't think about how other people are going to feel mm-hmm. it's that purpose and intent and I'm sure we've talked about it before yeah and what I want people to think about as we say okay How do I want them to feel? What are those emotions? What are those beliefs? What are those perceptions about me and my talent, right? And then how am I going to deliver on it as a business? So the first thing that we need to be able to do is to say, what is my unique emotional proposition that I put out there? And I know for a fact that while I do things, of course, that are very natural and true to kickstart, and to me as the director and the founder of that, I do things with intent, yeah? I'm mindful of how I'm going to show up. I'm going to create a particular experience for my learners, my clients, my community. It doesn't happen by chance. It's natural, mm-hmm. but it is done with thought. Yeah. And particularly when you're going to areas that are very personal at times for people, they're business-related, you know, they're not, it's not easy content at times. It um, obviously gets people to think. There's a certain environment that I need to create to deliver on that as well too. So the creatives and the designers and the corporates, if we've got some of those guys listening as well too, they need to think about. What is this emotional proposition? Mm. So that's a really interesting way to look at it, right, because no one will think about this. It's more around the experience. The experience comes back to that connection. People buy from people, obviously, that they like and that obviously their work talent connects. And that doesn't (laughs) happen by chance. It's it's deliberate. Mm.
0: Is that part of? Is that around branding as well? Is yeah, that- absolutely, <laughs> absolutely.
1: Yeah, no, Tanya, it is because the brand is reflected in the people, right? Yeah, the brand, and I'm going to go a little bit out there now, but the brand is reflected in everything from the way that your space smelled, so the scent. If you have a studio and that someone will come in there, so if you think about retail environments, the best retail environments are you know multi sensory. Mm, so absolutely so colour and temperature and light and sound and smell you know sense such an important um sense isn't it right like it, it evokes memory it evokes absolutely so brand is not static it's not just something that you see on a piece of paper something glossy or something attractive or social media or a website you know they're all part of the brand but the brand can be so much more an actual living being so I get quite excited when I look at how, you know, other brands do that by using that physical space too, right, mm. um, to be able to create that connection. And scent is incredibly important. Touch, feel, you know, if you're – and this is another topic probably for another day, but, you know, if you have collateral, you know, marketing material that, that you know, basically that you give to your client or so that you take out to the market – that evokes a certain emotion. That tells a story, right, without even saying anything. Like I've got the, you know, the Kickstart bifold brochure, which has the cane toad on the back and there's a story behind it, go on the website. Um, but that actually is textured paper, so that feels like the skin of a toad. Mm. But that's, you know, and people will say, it sets the scene, it tells a story, I don't even have to say anything. And they will say, yeah you know, of a, it's an element of surprise and delight.
0: Uh, you know what's good about that, Ali, is that from creatives is that they, we already understand that. that yeah, you've got, to, you've got to jump. yeah. But, but what, I, what I really like about the conversation that you're talking about is when it comes to business, sometimes, not always, but sometimes artistic and creative people will leave those ideas and thoughts with what they create and not take mm-hmm. that through to what they're doing with the business. Correct. Yeah. It needs to flow through.
1: Indeed, 100%. 100%. That's exactly right. That's what we're talking about here today is to start to say, where do I take this? You know, the creative have the, the jump on most people, right, because they don't think like normal people, <laughs> which is great. Right? We don't. No, you don't. No, and neither you should, and that's why we're here, right, and I don't either, and it's about that element of surprise and delight to people. And so absolutely brand is everything that will ultimately shape the perceptions and the way that and you know behaviors too right the way that people act with you and engage with you in your business so look times are changing and I want to go through and just really talk about you know when I'm designing this engagement particularly this pre-business engagement right what are some of the things that people are wanting in how they engage with a business right and so I'm going to go through some of these um, to share with um, with the listeners and the first one is we can't afford to be, and you sort of alluded to it, Tanya, but we can't be sitting on the fence. Like we have to be out. We can't be generic in what we do, right? And we need to come out and make a statement. And it needs to be true to who you are and, and your brand and the values and the cultural elements of your business. But it does have to be relevant and specific to you. It does need to be bold. Mm-hmm. It does need to stand out. Like I said, people want to try and appeal sometimes to everyone and we're not right for everyone and not everyone's right for us. So let's go and, and, like you said, be creative. Understand who you're for. Understand how you want them to react and you want them to think. Quality is everything. And this is what I will say. Whatever you're doing, whatever you're creating in terms of that um, pre-business engagement, it has to be quality, mm-hmm. you know, through the paper that you use, through your images, through your copy, through your, you know, your studio, whatever it is that's true to you, but it must be quality I've always said if you can't do it right don't do it all, mm. because it's very difficult to go back and try and change someone's perception if they've already had an experience yeah that hasn't always been great um it needs to be interesting too right like there's a lot of noise out there there's a lot of competition and there's a lot of noise so it's got to be interesting mm. be engaging and so it'll be true to you too right but you know I think the main thing is that you know it also needs to be personalised So people want to be able to be involved in something. So something that we're going to talk about, you know, throughout our work together is how do we actually create an element, and this is key, whether or not whatever you're in, whether or not you're in education and business development, photography, ceramics, whatever, whatever it might be, accounting, I don't care, we need to be able to create an element of engagement and involvement and a level of co-creation. So that means personalising what we do. Mm. and getting the client involved in that. So I like to think about it like, you know, choose your own adventure. So how are we giving people options and choice to engage with us? How do we actually get them involved in what we do? Mm. Because there's a greater sense of buy-in through that too, right? So, you know, that hands-on interaction. People want to meet the designers. They want to be able to meet the people. They like, you know, a story, yeah, storytelling is key. So anything that we're doing in that pre sort of engagement where we're um, personalising the experience, we're allowing people to come behind the scenes or get involved or, you know, be hands-on, get involved in, you know, partly creating this in some way, I don't know, but, you know, I want people to sort of think about, yeah, how could I create a level of personalization here? Mm-hmm. How would that work for me? And the other thing that it needs to do too is that it needs to educate. So people are wanting things that at times are um, insightful, quite challenging maybe at times too, you know, but they want to be educated by the experience as well too. Take away something, learn something. Yeah, we all like to have something that we can then brag about, but you know, oh, I met this artist, or I did this, or I did that, or, I had that experience, right? It's good for business, but it's good for that human connection too. Mm-hmm. So we don't want to just be process driven, right? We have to put that that soul and personality behind it. So when I'm thinking about how to actually shape the experience of working with me, these are the elements that I need to think about.
0: Sounds good. I think I'm thinking of, uh, from a creative point of view is with um, the inner chanty boxes. Mm. One of the one of the things that's really taken the business I suppose to another level is that engagement beforehand and we do it by promoting examples of customers' experiences that have had with us and that has come along a lot with designing and creating something that's quite unique and personal for an individual. So there's a a design, a basic design which is, you know, for watches or jewellery, for the watch boxes, Um, but we also promote and talk about, you know, some really unusual things where, you know, we had a customer once that wanted a box designed for a single jewel. So it had lights in it and it had, you know, yeah, it was pretty spectacular, but it was to present a single jewel. I think it was a um, a diamond it might have been. And so when we share that story, customers then get excited and then we have a lot of online conversations which allows us to be able to to talk with people all over the world and we use a lot, and David's actually very good at this, is bringing the customer along with the design. So, So whatever David is doing with the design for something unique, he doesn't just go, okay, thanks for the brief, off I go, I'll design something and then you can see whether you want to buy it he will continually go, now I've come up with this idea, this is how we're going to, I can do it. What's your thoughts?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So co-designing the experience. So what I really want people to think about, and we'll talk about this now, is to really think about the process and the system beforehand because the sweet spot is creating something that is a beautiful creative experience but that also has a level of efficiency to it as well. It has to, otherwise you're going to be run ragged and it's just not sustainable, right? So It's about finding a process that allows that co-design element where people are involved and engaged. But once again, you can can do it efficiently. So, yeah, I would like people to think about as they move through and start to assess their own process, right, and find where the gaps are, which means opportunity, around what they're doing at the moment to create that best before experience, Mm. that best before, right? Because if we think about it, every business or service, they have that buyer remorse that we know about, right? And there'll be people in marketing that will talk about it, right? Like, and what do they say? Like, I think the figures about people at, like, checkouts on, like, e-commerce sites are huge. The amount of people that leave when they're about to buy is massive. And I heard a stat, and I can't remember it, but I'll come back to you the other day, right? Um, yeah, I'll come back. I'll have to do some research on it. But it's staggering. The majority of people leave. So anything that we can do to minimise that remorse or that fear or that risk, or creating a beautiful experience. How good's that? That's that's what we need to be aiming for as well. And that's obviously what David's doing. You know, these guys haven't <laughs> seen the boxes, they're probably on other sides of the world. And they're, they're you know, so you're doing things obviously that's great for business while minimizing that risk, right? For the, the client to say, what if I don't like it? What if I hate it? What if it doesn't fit? What if I you know, so get in the mind of the client at this early stage. Yeah.
0: I just want to make a dumb, just to make this point, Ali. Yeah. In with creatives going online a lot more are going on online a yeah. lot more have been online for a long time and not have been as successful as they would like mm-hmm. one of the really key areas is exactly what you said is getting the customer to go to the cart they'll get there and they won't go to the next yeah. step and buy and what we've found and this is just our personal experience that yeah. is to make sure that our lines of communication as soon as We know there's any activity. There's um, communication via email. There's um, a lot of reviews. We use reviews a lot. Mm -hmm. So people have, so all of those things which we think will stop people from buying, we try and address. And so by doing that, our conversion rate from when people hit the cart, the, the shopping cart, is really, really high. Yeah, because of what you're just talking
1: about. Tanya, right? If you didn't have that, it wouldn't be. I mean, that that I don't think we'd have to. You know, we're not going to do the test, but um, you've already gotten the mind of the client. You know, you understand how they feel. Like the boxes aren't two dollars, right? And so they want they want to feel that they can trust the process, yeah, as well as what they're buying at the end of it. So absolutely. So the first thing, and I'm going to give you these handouts to put up for the listeners to engage with, right? But that will happen, and uh, and you'll get some more as well too, and some really good self reflection, but. I want people, so the first one will be I want people to think about, let's just talk about the before experience at the moment, where they're putting energy, time and money, where it comes to engaging, yeah? What is it once again, come back, I'm going to sound like a broken record, that, that core, what do you want people to feel? Mm. And then how do you want them to act, right? But the emotions will obviously dictate how people are going to act anyway, right? So the first thing is how do they feel? Um, I want people to start to think, and there's some great examples that you've given, you know, in that creative space already, where are the areas that they need to put more focus and more energy in developing it, yeah? Um, What's proving successful? So I want people to take time to, you know, really sit down and say, what are we doing well? Great, awesome, awesome. Leave that, leave that. But what are we actually doing or not doing that we need to start introducing into this? Because a lot of the time, you're right, with digital and technology, we might not even converse. We might not even pick up the phone, right? We might not have any human face-to-face interactions. So we've got to think about that. That's a great point about technology. How do we use that, right? But how do we use it to minimise um, that hesitation as well? And I think you've made a very good point that we need to start measuring things. We need to start looking at um, why things are not working and, and how do we want to improve that right and what is the experience that we want people to have with us um, and that's where that innovation around like you said processes picking up when people are leaving how do we minimize that what's the messaging we need to put out there what's the timing around that like it's very it's quite scientific really right because you've got to catch people at the right time um, how do we make people feel special
0: I think um, if you talk about bricks and mortar, galleries that work well are the Mm. ones who understand those things of customers are in a gallery shop because they want something unique, handmade Mm. by an artist or a craftsperson. So the successful ones are the ones who greet the customer as soon as they walk walk in the front door and give them a tour. It's not about selling, it's about... Mm would you like to know about the artists in our gallery? And so there's a, it's, it's like a, a gallery tour. of. Yeah. So therefore when the buying process happens, that emotion has already been established. And so it's, it becomes a really beautiful experience of purchase. Yeah, because correct. That.
1: Mm-hmm. And so already what's happened before then, though, is you've educated and you've inspired, right? Like they might not buy from you, that's okay. So you give knowledge, don't you, right? You give, yes, insight, yes. you give expertise, but you set the scene from the moment they come in and, you know, what I'd like people to think about is what are those first points of contact for my business, right? How are people engaging with me? So if they're physically coming into a space, how welcoming is that actual physical space? Does that tell a story? And I've done a lot of work creating... Um, I'm happy to say we had an award winner the other week. Um, being the Congratulations. Boston, to... Which is a great showcase for talented South Australian designers and creatives, so they'll go to nationals. And I'm very um, excited and proud of the team and what was created, but we looked at how that space would still engage and still tell a story and still encourage people to buy, but to still inspire if there were no humans there. And that's the art of being able to use space and sound and and um, words, yeah, to actually, and smell, to tell that story. So be clear, as I said, exceptional experiences are really how are we making that connection and surprising people from that first point. And that surprise and delight is giving about giving people things they don't think they're going to get wow. and turning it on its head, right? And that's what we've done. I, do I encourage anyone in South Australia to go to the Verossa Visitor Centre is successful because it moves, it brings that lovely, you know, the digital side with bricks and mortar and puts it in a recipe that people are just like, I've never seen anything like this before. No, you haven't. That's why it works, right? So that first exposure point, that's what I would love the listeners to do once they get the handouts and engage in that is to think about the conversations and the great examples that you brought up and started to think about that first point. We've never, let's say, that first point of contact, yeah, it's a process, Tanya, right? That ability to be able to make a connection where people invest in your work, that's a process. It doesn't happen quickly and it doesn't happen without thought and a series of nodes or steps, yeah? So I'd love people to start to think about what are we doing to make sure that every touch point works together to create that unique emotional proposition that is at the core of everything that we do.
0: Uh, and I suppose um because you can actually see and bricks and mortar, mm-hmm. you can you can actually see that a customer comes in, spends two minutes and then walks straight out. You can you can see that okay, something didn't happen well there. It could be the customer wasn't actually planning to be there very long anyway, or yep. there could be something exactly what you said, it wasn't engaging, that first experience didn't engage them. And would you say that's the same experience you need to think about for the landing page of your website?
1: Correct. It's your, digital, it's your digital store, isn't it, right? Like it's the equivalent of the bricks and mortar. And so 100%. So if anyone, like I said, will talk about, that's right, Tony, we'll talk about tech and social media and website now, um, you're absolutely right. It's like if I'm not there, because I'm not there, how does that space, that environment actually deliver on everything that you and I have just spoken about?
0: There's a lot of information as well online of current trends. I, yep. do, I research a lot for what we do. What are the current trends around the world, especially if you're wanting to sell worldwide? Mm-hmm. You really need to understand what are the people doing across the world yep. and how are they engaging so there's a lot of information online as well that you can kind of look at current trends.
1: What are you seeing at the moment, Tanya? What can you share in terms of some of the trends from an e-commerce
0: perspective? Uh, a, a lot of trends. Uh, look, even more so simplicity. Yep. Is in, I think a lot about as soon as we do something on the website, I go straight to my mobile phone and I go to buy one of our inner chenti boxes. Yep. So I want to know is it quick, is it easy? Yes, is, and it's an interesting thing maybe for listeners to actually check their own online store. I agree, 100% trial it. Because... because you be a customer in your own space. <laughs> because you'd be surprised that when, you, especially when you're building on or you've got, and a lot of people um, get other, that outsource websites and online stores, no problem with that. We do it all in-house. But if you're outsourcing, you need to understand the process yep. just because someone else no, for correct, you you need correct. to personally understand it and if there's too many clicks you lost them it needs to be quick simple and I think probably more than ever you need those reviews and you mm-hmm. don't you can, if you've got a website or online store that's got two reviews it's not going to work you need so to how make, do you get reviews then how do you make sure yeah, that you, we have yeah. Um, And and that's part of that building the relationship with the customer is, you know, we don't don't force them. If they're excited, a lot of those customised products, there's emotion in there. So we get involved in that a little bit as well. So then when you ask, you're like, you know, it's such a wonderful project that we've been involved in together. Would you mind doing a review? And most of the times people are really excited by that and they'll send us an image of, where the box has gone or what's happened with it. And then um, we promote that through all our social media. But mainly, mainly on that website and our online store. Because if you think about it yourself, this is how I think about it. If I want to go and buy something and I don't know the people, I don't know the product, it's a reasonable amount of money. I don't want to be ripped off. I don't want to lose my money. So I want to hear what other people are going to say I want it to look professional. If it doesn't look professional, then I feel like I've gone to someone's backyard shed. I don't want to feel like that. I want to feel like I've gone into um, a well professionally run business and I want it to be quick and easy and I want a little bit of confidence from someone else and not just two reviews. I want to see a whole lot of reviews. Our reviews are over 10 years so we have got you know up to ten years, and we keep all those there so people can see. Oh, there's a real consistency there. Okay, I'll buy.
1: Yeah, no, correct. And I think you know that just is uh, talks to the point that we spoke about earlier in the podcast that it is about trust and credibility. That's what it is, and particularly at all times. And if they can't see you, and it's all done online, right, and it's all done via tech, it becomes even more important, right? That the ability to build that connection is even greater. Otherwise, you will not get the business. And I think this is a, a, a thing that I think people feel is that, oh, build it and they'll come. Mm. I'll pop up a website. You'll be right, mate. No, 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 no. There's so many elements that need to be right. And so sort of as we move towards, like I said, just, you know, the, moving towards the, the last part of this podcast, right? And as I said, people will get handouts. So they can immerse themselves in the questions. Um, and some of the takeaway is to really be clear on the why of social media and, and e-commerce for business just because you can doesn't mean you shouldn't I know we've probably said that a lot and I really can't stress this enough is that it's a longer it's a longer game I really feel I do right I, I don't and look, I've invested a lot of money in um, launching something exciting that you and I you know you know about and it's been many many years in the making and we'll start to be able to talk about that but I've got to understand why I'm doing it for what intent? Why did I create that? Why did I spend the energy? Why do I spend the money? Why do I spend the time, the grey hairs, whatever? Um, so, the, the first thing, you know, I think if we can ask a couple of key questions around this, particularly that before part, right? We're really today's focusing on before people do the deal, before they sign on the dotted line, right? Before they spend with you. The first question is why are you actually using social media? What, what's the purpose of the website? Why are you doing this? What are you wanting the outcome to be? Yeah, for the business. Let's just talk about, from the business, the strategic um, objectives there, right? Why are you investing in this? The second question that you need to be asking around social media is what do you want people to do and feel as a result? Remember, what is your UEP? How does it show itself? Through the website, through that e-commerce function, through your social media, the messaging, yeah, the tone, the language, Even the audio, if you're using graphics, whatever, whatever it may be, um, how do you want people to feel? And as I said, the third question is, well, what content and messaging needs to be created to create the desired emotion in order to create the outcome that you want in terms of people's behaviour? And, you know, social media, as I said, is important. It's one resource that you need to use. It's everything from the tone of your email, yeah, so, when someone's writing to you, remember personalization is across every bit of the business. It's across that, every aspect of before. How do people get treated, not as numbers, not as a process, but as valued individuals?
0: Do you think that sometimes I see that artists on social media that do it, I think, do it really well, mm. is they do give a little bit of themselves. And I, yeah. I'm cautious of how much you do give of yourself because. we do need to protect ourselves as well of giving out too much about ourselves in the bricks and mortar shops is when I go into a bricks and mortar and you're greeted with a story about the artist you either meet the artist or you look at a piece of work and the person who's presenting it will give you a story about why the artist bought it or why someone else bought that particular product and then the price, I'm not saying people are trying to put too high prices on things, but prices don't become the main driver. It becomes mm, that mm.
1: No, absolutely. And it's a great story. And I'm the same. I've bought art from all over the world and I've travelled and even you know from South Australian artists that are really quite out there and um, it's the story, it's the character behind it that is also attractive, right, and that also leads to that intrigue and that interest around that, not just for you, but when you're showing it off, right, and art. lot of the time is a bit of a showpiece as well and it can be yeah so everyone has egos and we can play to those and there's nothing wrong with that right so I think that's important to say Um, but I, I feel you're absolutely right is that we are our craft and it is driven by us right you can't separate yourself my work and learnings are built on my own experiences and, it's, and I'm not making sausages, right? So I feel that it's important that we do show and show that element of storytelling, which means we do have to be somewhat vulnerable but in an appropriate way, but we do actually need to show some of our character. Uh, it's not going to be for everyone. That's the big thing, right? you got to push that through, right, and say it won't be, but it will be for many. It will be for the right people. Um, as we <laughs> say, the, the riches are in the niches, you yeah, know, yeah. and that is where I'm really encouraging, yeah, riches are in the niches um, and that's a hard one to get your head around sometimes, but it's where you will find the gold where you can be much more targeted, much more focused. Um, I think it's important to note that there is only a finite um, resources to go around, be it money, time, energy, you know, headspace, talent, whatever, and we need to use them wisely and that's, you know, what this part has been about today is starting to open up the conversation around uh, reflecting on our own practice in that pre-purchasing area, that phase, that, that scene that we set, um, that's obviously going to determine how that relationship, you know, goes moving forward. So people are going to have some good questions to, to work on. So this is all about the pre, and the next time we leave out the middle, and then the next time we go to what happens afterwards. So we're doing things a little bit different, right? We're going where the where the gaps are, and where we see the, the greatest opportunity for people to have the biggest impact, and that's why I've left out in the middle.
0: Look, there are some really great points, and for the listeners, there will be information on the landing page. And thank you again, Ali, for that really valuable information. Let's all think about how to engage with our customers before they become customers. Mm.
1: And All the different touch points. And take time too off the questions that I'm going to give you yeah. to think about what touch points am I not using that I need to introduce into the mix. And on the flip side, are uh, there certain things that I'm doing at the moment in that pre comms that I just think, you know what, it actually isn't bringing the value. There's a lot of effort but not much bang. Um, and like I said, you need to leave things behind to introduce something new. You can't keep stacking one on top of the other. Uh, so be discerning as I said questions you know where to find me kickstart.com jump on if there's questions around that and look forward to uh, catching up with you for part two
0: fantastic thanks Ali take care everyone bye another great podcast with Ali thanks Ali again for being a regular on this podcast and talking all things business for artists and creatives this podcast was a really fascinating chat about the customer and the first of a two-part series where we discussed the customer experience before they become a customer. There's a link on the landing page which you can download worksheet that Ali has very generously given to listeners of this podcast and in fact on the link you will see downloadables from previous podcasts that Ali and I have done. So feel free to download those and they're just really good checklists and, and ways to get you thinking about what you're doing with your business and if you need to do anything different to get better outcomes. I suppose for me I mean, there were a lot of things that were fantastic, but what's really stuck in my mind from this discussion with Ali was just to remember that emotional connection, that unique emotional connection that customers are looking for really when it comes to art and and handmade and anything creative and sort of to understand what is it that you want the customer to feel about your work and then what kind of content do you need to put together on your website, social media, or even to talk about that actually gives that same feeling and experience for the customer before they become a customer. So please join me next time when we do part B of this chat with Ali Yuren from Kickstart when we talk about the customer experience once they have purchased? What happens after that? So I look forward to you joining me next time on Tea, the Entrepreneur Artist Podcast. Until then, bye for now.